Welcome to Inspire on the Go. This season, we are featuring stories of transformation. Each person has a story, and we want to celebrate what God is doing in the lives of others. As you listen to today's episode, I encourage you to think about your story. How is God working in your life? I promise you, He is on the move. Grab your cup of coffee and enjoy this episode of Inspire on the Go. Hey, sweet friend, it's Andrea. I hope that your day is off to a great start. I am so excited to be with you today, loving our theme this year about how we have stories of hope. So thankful that God has entrusted us with a story and that that story is for his glory and for the good of others. It is so neat and so encouraging to know that what you're going through right now is never wasted, that God is using it and that he is molding you and changing you into the image of Jesus Christ. And there will come a day, friends, when you can share that with another person. And that's why we have to know our stories. We have to own our stories. We have to be open and vulnerable to share our stories. And so I am so excited to welcome Emily Watson to Woo-hoo! the podcast. Thank welcome. you for having me. Okay, Emily, I want to hear just a brief summary of who you are, where you live, what you do. Just give us some bottom line details about you. Okay, so I am from Fort Smith, Arkansas, born and raised there. I am 35 years old. I just turned 35 a couple weeks ago, and I feel like I should have life figured out by now. (laughs) I feel like I should be at the pinnacle of things, but... I don't feel like I am. Um, I serve at a local church in Fort Smith. I serve at Eastside as connections and new member assimilation, um, but also ministry to women. So, of course, I wear multiple hats. Um, I've served on staff there for about nine years. And my husband, Travis, and I have been married um, just four years this last week. So Which, again, I'm like, four years? We should know it all by now. (laughs) And we don't. Um, And we currently are fostering a four-year-old boy. Um, So God's teaching us a lot and refining us because it's hard. That is hard. And I know you have a passion for that and we're going to talk about that. But take us back and tell us about how you met the Lord, a little bit about your childhood, kind of set the stage for how God just continued uh, to work in your life as a child. Um, Yeah, so whenever I was um, nine years old, my family was invited to church by a neighbor. Mm. You know, there's the power of the invite to your neighbors right there. So without that, I feel like, the trajectory of my life would be a lot different. Um, so I'm grateful for just a simple invite from a neighbor. So we visited um, we visited a church and just kind of got plugged in. And of course, I went to church camp at nine years old and I learned about Jesus. And I didn't want to miss, miss out on him. I didn't want to miss out on spending eternity with him. And of course, whatever I could know at nine years old, I just knew that I wanted Jesus in my life. And so... That's when I committed my life to him. But it wasn't until like high school when I went on my first mission trip and I'm like, oh, this is what it's about. So we live out. Not only do we learn, but we live out our faith. Okay, that makes sense. And so I feel like it was really at that point when my life began to be fully surrendered to the Lord and like knowing that I wanted to serve him all of my days. And it wasn't just a going to church out of the habit, you know, keeping the pew warm. It was so much more than that. Um, So I'm grateful for that time. And so since then, God's just been growing me. 
um, and using me, and it's been good. That's great. That's great. And we think about, you know, how he just pours into us faithfully, just steadily, you know, through church, through church camp, through people pouring into us. And I know that you're now doing that with others through all the different capacities. But let's talk about your life now, like your, your season of service, your season of life. What's going on in your life now that may be challenging or just something that you're having to navigate? So I will say too, like it, if it wasn't for older women in my life when I was in high school who were pouring into me and loving on me, things I think would look a lot different. And I feel like having women in my life pouring into me all through the last several years has changed everything. Mm. God uses his people. And that's why the generations are so important because we need each other so much. And so I don't think I would be able to walk through the season I'm in without the godly wisdom and counsel of those around me. So um, before we got married, like I felt like I had done everything right in the right order, you know, not having sex before I got married. I just checked all the boxes. I've served the Lord. Um, And then all of a sudden, like, I'm going to be ripe as a cucumber, you know. (laughs) And so we we get married, and we're, of course, we're older in age. I mean, I didn't get married until I was 31. And I often thought, Lord, if I could just have a husband, like, if I could just have a husband— that would be great. I don't need anything else. If I, but we're always like that. Right, if we could just right. have the next thing. Um, and at this point in my life, four years ago, I was serving in women's ministry. And I just thought, you know, like, I'm thankful for the opportunity, but I'm just so unqualified. I'm not married. I don't have kids. I don't know how to talk to women. I don't know how to counsel women. But it was those other women pouring into me, sharing experiences with me that really helped me walk through those seasons. So we get married at an older age, um, and I'm thinking, you know what? I'm going to be able to have kids left and right. I'm going to be a stay-at-home mom. That's my dream is to be a wife and a mom, and it's going to be great. And here we are four years later, and that's not what it is at all. Um, so uh, through the last four years, we've like struggled with infertility, and I never thought that would be on my plate ever. Um, and often I'm like, why, Lord? Why? Like, look, we did things right. We have children in our home whose parents are spitting out kids left and right mm. and can't take care of them. You know, right. like we're, we're sacrificing our time. So why can't you give me this desire? It just doesn't make sense. Um, and it's, you know, one plus one should equal two. Right. And that's not happening. Yeah. So, again, those feelings of well, who am I to lead women or who am I to, to lead anything? Because I look over here, I'm the barren woman in the group, mm. you know? And so that's hard that to walk through. Um, and thankfully though, so we did experience one miscarriage and right mm. after that happened, um, a lady in our church, she's like 80 years old. She reached out to me and said, I, have experienced that too. Let's go get coffee together. And I had never sat knee to knee with this woman before. Mm. And so like that conversation was so precious to me because I'm like, you know, you feel alone in your struggle. You feel alone in your circumstance. And so that moment was very pivotal for me because I felt like I was seen, I was noticed, and I wasn't alone because it's so much more common than we realize. Um, Infertility, miscarriage, all those things are so common. And it's almost like we need to talk about it more because the enemy wants us to feel isolated and unqualified. And who are we when God's like, no, I'm writing your story. I want to use you. 
Um, and it reminds me of the scripture that, you know, God comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can then comfort others just like the Father's comforted us. And so I think so often we overlook those life experiences. We overlook the pain in our life that God uses to mold us and shape us to what he wants for us. Mm. Um, so that, in a nutshell, yes. is kind of the struggle, um, but also the trying to focus on the Lord and worship while I'm waiting. Um, and I know, you know, we always try, like, as Christian women, to have the right things to say. Yes. And sometimes you'll hear things from women that are very hurtful. They don't intend for that to be hurtful, but they are. And I think a lot of times we just don't know what to say to people who are struggling or to say to people with these circumstances. And I think that's a great place for Mm -hmm. us to kind of slow down and unpack that. One, um, because sometimes you don't need to say anything at all, right? You just, Mm -hmm. just the ministry of your presence. And then also when you have gone through it just being vulnerable about your honest true feelings which is sounds like what that lady did for Mm -hmm. you but let's speak into like for the person out there I want us to talk about two things one for the person who maybe right now is in that season of infertility Mm -hmm. or waiting you know just what has God been teaching you how has he been ministering to your heart Uh, speak to that person um so through this you know we all have different experiences those of us going through infertility and it can either crush us, which it does. It's very heartbreaking, very devastating. Um, but it can also almost give us a platform to be able to talk about God's glory and honoring him even through suffering and through hard times. So, like, anybody has X, Y, Z, you know, but it's what are you going to do with it? Yes. Am I going to isolate myself? Am I going to sit in a pit of despair, or am I going to use it because there's going to be someone else who comes behind Mm -hmm. me that will need my story. Um, And, you know, I always think, well, maybe the Lord's trying to draw me closer to him through this, make me more dependent on him, more in need of him. But I'm like, God, couldn't you have chosen another? (laughs) You know, like, why why do I have to go through this? And she doesn't have to go through this. Um, And then there's the whole game of comparison. But right. one thing that I have learned, I love the worship song um, called Jaira. Yeah. And they're like, Jaira, yes. you are enough. Yes. And when I first heard that song, I was like, you know, Lord, like you are enough and your presence is enough for me. It should be enough for me. And so even as I sang those words, I'm like, man, Emily, is God's presence enough for you? Yeah. And everything else is just extra right. on top of that. Right. So if this is all you ever have in this life, is that good enough for yes. you? And I feel like I've had to wrestle with that and kind of come to a place of like, it's like that spirit versus flesh. Mm-hmm. Like I want it to be, but in reality, like, no, it's not enough. Right. Right. So it's a, a struggle, but right. thankfully I've surrounded myself with community and with people who get it and sit in the emotions yes. with me yes. and know that it's okay for joy and grief to coexist. Right. Yes. And that's one thing too, for anybody listening to know is just that, you know, sit in the emotion with someone. A lot of times we want to be glass half full, like, oh, it'll happen. Oh, it's God's timing. Um, But just, just be sad with me right now, you know, and when I'm happy, 
just be happy with me. So just sit in that emotion with people, I think is very important. That's good. And that was really my second question is, yeah. you know, we, we want to speak into the life of the person who's struggling, but also to those who are in the support role, mm-hmm. because sometimes I think we take on the role of trying to fix it yes. or trying to make, putting that pretty bow on it yes. and, you know, putting that Christianese on it or whatever. And so what I hear you saying is, you know, you don't necessarily have to be able to answer every question right. or tidy everything up, but just be be with them Mm -hmm. in that. Yeah. That makes all the difference too. And those are the people that are kind of my safe place. Those are the people that I go to are the ones that just understand or, and sometimes we want, we want it to be acknowledged, you know, like you have hard things like Mother's Day or holidays that come up and just to acknowledge somebody's struggle or acknowledge a loss they've had means the world, you know, just to say like, I may not have kids biologically here, but just to know that, like, I am a mom because I have a child in my home or I have miscarried. Like, I am a mom. I pour into the next generation. And so that could be a whole nother subject talking about what moms look like. But so often it's kind of one of those, like, I'm not a mom and I can believe that, but I choose to believe that, no, I am a nurturer. I am someone that pours into the next generation and you know the enemy steals kills and destroys and he wants to sell the lie that because of this we're not qualified but here's what I'm telling you because of this God is he is in a sense qualifying you right because you can see women in their pain you can see them in their hurt you can understand because you're walking that road and so let's just let's let's fill our lives with truth anytime the you know the enemy is trying to accuse or question or isolate let's go to the word and let's just ground our lives on truth Mm -hmm. and so that's that's so encouraging and you are a picture of that Mm, and so I'm so thankful for that okay so we know that that's going on talk to us just a little bit about foster care I know you're passionate about that um so we actually foster through connected Mm -hmm. shout out to Arkansas Baptist Children's Homes um, and it's been a great experience. Um, but I fostered before we got married cause I was like, you know what? Um, okay, let me back up a little bit. So I served on a local pregnancy crisis center. So God really opened my eyes to a lot in that, at that moment. And also just like, if I'm going to say I'm pro-life or life affirming, mm. what does that look like? Is that just for the unborn or is that also for the orphans or those who need a home? So I had space in my duplex at the time. I was like, why not? I could do this. My parents thought I was crazy, but I'm like, (laughs) why not? We'll just see how it goes. Well, it was great. Um, I fostered a few kids through that time. And then after we got married, we kind of tried to get the newlywed stuff under the belt or so we thought, um, and then started fostering a six-year-old, took a break, and now we have a four-year-old. So um, it's hard because we especially the struggle that I have is because I don't have my own kids. I like want to act as if this was my own kid, you know, but it's not. So that's kind of my struggle. Um, But then also it's a joy to see these children thrive in our home and get what they need. And even just to see a glimpse of God's love for Mm. them. That's what it's all about. So good. And, you know, I know you know this, Emily, and many of our listeners know this, that I'm adopted. Mm -hmm. And so I have such a passion for the gospel and the picture of adoption and fostering as the gospel. Mm -hmm. And so that's so beautiful. And I'm I'm glad you 
mentioned, connected. And we're going to do more work in helping our Arkansas Baptist women and our listeners uh, here at Inspire on the Go to understand their ministry, their vision, and how we can all have a role in that, whether we're fostering or we're advocates, whatever the case may be. And so stay tuned on that. But I just love your heart and how you've brought that also into your women's ministry. Let's talk a little bit about your role as a women's ministry leader and some of the initiatives, some of the ministry plans that you've done uh, just across the board with women in your church. I know you've done uh, a lot for foster care. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So we have done a lot for foster care. Um, Also, just having a heart for single parents. Um, That's one of the most growing parts of our population is single moms. And so even as we try to reach women, it's like, how can we reach a group of women outside of these church walls? We can tangibly minister to single moms in a physical, tangible way, but also in a spiritual way through that. Um, So several years ago, we started Mom Study Single and Parenting, and that's been so great where we minister to the whole family um, and equip moms, but also through that share the gospel with them. Because some of these moms are in churches, some of them aren't. A couple may have a relationship with the Lord, most of them don't. Um, and it's just hard. So to see that they have support and we're not just like church ladies, you know, but we're just like, Hey, we're here for you. We hear you. We see you. You're doing a great job. Let us walk alongside of you. And we've seen a lot of fruit come from that. And that's been great. Um, in this last year though, like God, I love the generations and I just have a heart for being better together and how we truly are. And so this last fall, we did a generational event where we had a panel talk about, you know, what defines each generation? What were some of the events that took place during that generation? What makes us who we are? But then what are some obstacles that we have? Why are we so segregated? And then how can we bridge the gap? So we tackled that conversation and I felt like it just kind of opened some doors with our women because, you know, you can find more generations under the church roof than anywhere else. And it's such a beautiful picture, but like, how do we work together? Because so often we don't need each other, but we're really, we do. And we have um, all kinds of different stories and we can learn from each other. Um, And so next month we're doing an event where we're talking about the generations again, but we're doing it in homes um, around the table, around a meal. And so I'm excited to see what God does through that. Um, It's really challenging to navigate this post-COVID world and just like, okay, God, what do you have for us as women? How can we encourage each other and spur one another on? That keeps coming to me is one another, one another. These are my one another's. Um, But how can we also like go to our neighborhoods and go to our workplaces and go to where God has called us and be used and do that with courage and do that with confidence? That's so good. So good. And I know that you know, that is going to bless and challenge some leader who's listening right now to think, how can I go with yeah. that courage and that confidence? And also with purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, we are thinking about, you know, what is our why? Why are we doing what we're doing? And how can we use it for God's glory? Yeah. And so much of that goes back to our key verse, you know, out of First Peter, where we're going to be ready to give an answer for the hope that That's we have right. around the kitchen table, at yeah. the grocery store line, mm-hmm. you know, at the baseball game, in um, our workplaces. And so, 
I'm so excited to see um, God moving in our everyday lives. And yes. that's something that you're you're fostering mm-hmm. yeah. uh, in your women's ministry yeah. leadership. And so if you're a women's ministry leader and you'd love to hear more about these ideas, check out the show notes because Emily's email address will be there. You can contact her or you can contact me here at the Arkansas Baptist State Convention, and we will be glad to share those resources with you. All right, so we always end our podcast with this one question, and I love this question. I can't wait to hear your answer. <laughs> Tell me what inspires you. What inspires oh, you? Oh, goodness. Um, how much time do we have? Yes, we've got all the time we <laughs> um, want. What inspires me? Um, I think other people's stories inspire me, um, just because most of the time they're a lot like mine, um, or we... Um, or they're so different than mine, but yet we have a common thread through that. Like we may have different stories, but the same God redeems us and provides for us and loves us um, and is not bothered or surprised by what we're going through. And so I think people inspire me. And I'm a people person and a people pleaser. So (laughs) often um, I think it's the people and their stories that inspire me. I love it. I love it. Well, Emily, we are inspired by you and you are a network leader here for the Arkansas Baptist State Convention, which means you uh, host regional roundtables and offer women's ministry support for the women in the River Valley area. So that's Fort Smith and surrounding area. So if you are listening and you're from that area, be sure and connect with Emily. You can also go to our website, absc.org slash WMR uh, to find out all the details about that. But Emily, you are a joy and you radiate Christ. And we are so thankful for how God is working in your life. And we will continue to pray with you uh, and walk this journey with you uh, both now and in the future. So So thanks for listening to today's podcast. And I hope that you will be sure and subscribe, like, and share. Tell your friends all about it. And we'll see you next time on Inspire on the Go. Thanks for listening. I hope today's episode helps you embrace the full, free, abundant life that God provides. Don't forget to follow, like, and subscribe to Inspire on the Go. If you would like more encouragement to help you grow in your faith, visit my website at andrealennonministry.org. Come back next time and enjoy another episode of Inspire on the Go.